This is for Dose Alfaruk with MedTech Insight. Many of you may know me as Danny. Today I'm joined by Medtronic CEO Jeff Martha, who will be talking about leading the company during a pandemic and his vision for Medtronic beyond. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. First of all, I want to ask you about the fact that you took the helmet Medtronic at the start of this pandemic. I'm guessing it's not how you envisioned your first day on the job to go, or the first year for that matter. Um, tell us how that's been for you. Well, first, Danny, thanks for, for having me on the, the podcast here. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 we did a lot of uh, succession plan. I think Medtronic did, uh, you know, uh, Omar, the my predecessor, Omar Ishrak, the board of directors, our head of human resources, Carol Service. They spent a lot of time on a, on a great transition plan and all kinds of contingencies and scenarios, but it did not have, as far as I know, a global pandemic in it. And so, um, but it, so it was, I, the, the word I would use is, is intense. It's been an intense year, uh, you know, for, for us at Medtronic. I mean, between the pandemic and then specifically within the pandemic, uh, being in the middle of a ventilator issue earlier on in the pandemic, given that we're a big global uh, provider of ventilators. And then you had a, you know, like I said, a CO transition, the pandemic, the ventilator piece. And then we made some significant changes to the company, uh, to what we're calling our new operating model all over that, that same time period. So it's been intense, but I would say that, um, because they did such, you know, good succession planning, I, I thought I had really good support, um, from the board, from Omar. I mean, these transitions, as I've learned, oftentimes don't go so well. I think ours has gone excellent. Um, and, you know, and I got support from him and then plus the leadership team. That, uh, that that I inherited is is a very tenured uh, leadership team who I've, I've worked with. So I feel like I, I you know I do have a lot of support. And finally, there's the Medtronic mission, which was written 60 years ago, and, and you know people know the tenet one, you know, the line alleviate pain, restore health, extend life. But there's five other tenets, and it's one of those documents that, that in a situation like a pandemic where you're having to make a lot of decisions uh, quickly and there's no real playbook. It really helps a lot. It's, it is our North star and it really helps make it's, it's liberating and then it helps you make decisions like that. So it's intense. It was intense, but I felt like I got a lot of support. Well, obviously this has been a challenging year for everyone. Uh, what are some challenges that you feel like you faced from the start and how have you adapted to them? Well, look, the, the biggest one was the, you know, the ventilator, you know, at the time, you know, I'll call it a shortage, both, both in terms of the, a uh, number of ventilators and the functionality of the ventilators. I mean, the, you know, the ventilators business has been, you know, not a high growth. It's been a pretty steady business um, for the last couple of decades. And, you know, they're, they're not made in that high quantity, really. And, and so the parts are bespoke and, and um, it's got a kind of a complicated supply chain because of that. And, and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and it's the center of the universe, right? It, you've got, um, you know, people asking for orders of magnitude more ventilators than than are out there, and um, you know, a lot of people. There's just a lot of chaos, right? So you know, you go back in time, and there's a lot more unknowns. In February, you know, what is it? March, April, May of 2020. Um, you know, I remember one particular Sunday afternoon, early. It was, I think it must have been in March that I got. Uh, I went down to, to to my basement to do a little workout because March and and and. and uh, Minneapolis is still pretty cold, so I was downstairs in the basement, and, and I got calls from like three governors, uh, the head of uh, um, one of the heads of uh, one of the heads of FEMA, um, the White House, um, you know, and 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 the a president of a European country, all within like an hour, 
somehow my phone number got out there and, and looking for ventilators. We're one third of, we're about a little, we're over a quarter of the world's, you know, critical care ventilators in terms of market share, over a third of the United States. And everybody's looking for them. And, and then, you know, the next wave was, hey, can you get ventilators to do this increased functionality or be remotely controlled so, you know, nurses and frontline healthcare workers don't have to walk into the, into the ICU with all these COVID patients? Can you, you know, so there was, it was, um, and so how you handle that situation where lives are hanging in the balance, your new CEO, lives are hanging in the balance. There's absolutely no playbook and you're getting pulled in different directions from different states, different countries. Um, you know, you've got you know, people throwing around words like the Defense Production Act and things like that. So that 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 moment in time was probably the biggest crisis, and, and I, I am definitely proud of the way we handled that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of uh, positive that you just talked about, but do you think you made any missteps uh, during that whole period that you wish you could kind of go back and do differently? When it comes to the ventilator piece, not not really. I mean, you know, we did at the time, which seemed like you know. We were we crazy decisions. We open sourced the ventilator, um, which which you know when you're you know like you're a for profit company like Medtronic and it's really a technology company where IP intellectual property and trade secrets are really critical to your 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 survival. And you open source, you know that's unheard of. But we open source because it was the right thing to do. We thought for patients and healthcare workers around the world. So we open sourced, announced it to the world. Hey, here's some of the challenges we have here and ramping these up and some of the technology challenges we have and some of the new functionality and we need to have it all fixed here or improved in a short period of time. We got some really an unbelievable response from individuals, but companies from all around the world. And um, in the end, you know, we're a better business for this and, and our employees are hugely motivated by how we behave. So I, I think, you know, people were work, you know, some people were warning me not to do certain things like that, but in the end, it was absolutely the right thing to do. You know, I, but I'd say some of the things that I would, you know, go back and maybe do over again are unrelated to you know, more on the business side. You know, that when the environment, you know, um, was a little more uncertain of what was going to happen, I I thought like on the M and A side, as you know, M and A, we're all about tech innovation, technology innovation, clinical innovation, right? That's what that's the foundation here. Of, and if we don't do that right, nothing, you know, we're, we're not going to be around very much longer. And, 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 and M&A is an extension of that. We buy earlier stage companies typically. And, um, you know, I thought in the, given the liquidity crisis, that, that, that I thought there'd be more of a liquidity crisis, you know, given that the economy was down, I thought liquidity would be down and we would be able to be more aggressive on M&A because, you know, we were fortunate, we were fortunate to have a strong balance sheet. And there were a couple opportunities that I thought, look, we can push a little harder because, you know, but in the end, there wasn't really, this wasn't like 2000, you know, 9, 10, you know, when the financial crisis, 8, 9, 10, there was no liquidity, very little liquidity crisis, you know, crisis. And the governments around the world, you know, you know, regulators around the world, you know, made sure that the banks are in a much healthier position. And there's quite a lot, quite a, a lot of liquidity and so it wasn't the uh, heyday of M&A for somebody that's a, an acquirer like us, as I thought it would be. And maybe I, we should have moved a little more aggressively on one or two situations that didn't uh, work out for us. But, but you know, in this grand scheme of things, given everything that happened, I think, you know, and I really uh, been thinking about this a lot. What would I have done differently? That, that's, you know, I, I really feel like, again, between our mission and the people, the management team and the that was around me, I feel like we, we made pretty good decisions over the last year. 
I mean, it, it, the crisis is not over yet, so there still might be opportunities for you. And I want to get back to the idea of M&A in a, just a second. But I wanted to also kind of touch on something that recently happened. Forbes magazine listed Medtronic as one of its top 500 most admired companies. What do you think Medtronic has done, and especially under your leadership, that warranted that recognition? Well, look, I, I think with Medtronic has, I've been here 10 years now, and I, I've heard a lot of times, hey, we're one of the best kept secrets yeah, in terms of the quality of the company, like what the, the technology capabilities we have, the clinical capabilities, what we do for patients around the world, and just how a mission-driven company like Medtronic shows up every day. And I, I really, I, I agree with all that. I love all that, except the thing I don't like is this best-kept secret thing. I, I do think we need to uh, tell that story, um, um, I think, a little ampl- you know, a little more frequently and a, and a little louder, and, and introduce ourselves to a broader set of stakeholders in, in, in the ecosystem, new physicians, um, patient, go directly to patients and, and, and articulate our value prop. And, and um, so I think, you know, under in the last year, uh, we have told that, you know, gotten out there and, and told the story of Medtronic, I think a little, uh, you know, I'd say, you know, a little more loud. We've been a little bit more vocal about it, I'd say. And I think, you know, as people hear about us more and you get those surveys, you know, most admired this or that, people are starting to think about Medtronic. And I don't know, I can't think, I, I don't can't take credit for changing the way Medtronic behaves because it's been a company that's been mission-driven and, and, and successful for, for 70 years. And so I just think, you know, telling that story um, and and to, to putting it in the context for different stakeholders, whether it's a physician or a patient or a government, um, you know, or a hospital CEO, what Medtronic does for the healthcare system day in, day out, and for patients, I think that's something we've gotten a little better out of the last year. Well, and, you know, you've got a, your hands on a lot of different technologies, you know, kind of talked about some of the stuff earlier. What are some technologies that the company is working on right now that gets you most excited? Well, it gets not just me, but I think Medtronic employees in general. It's not technology for technology's sake. It's technology that or advancement of clinical science, breakthroughs in clinical science that are going to really help patients in a meaningful way and or the healthcare system. Like we can launch something that, you know, dramatically decreases the cost or, you know, uh, without hurting outcomes. But, but what really I think really drives people here is improving outcomes and or access to more patients. So, you know, I'd say we've got a couple of things that are really exciting. You know, one that, that we're, you know, kind of, Waiting with bated breath to hear the, the final clinical trial results is our the renal denervation um, therapy. It's it's for hypertension. It's a new procedure, a minimally invasive, you know, procedure uh, that doesn't have like the side effects that people are used to with 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 all the different pharmacological products you need to take when you have a high blood pressure if it gets that far, um, and it, it meaningfully lowers people's blood pressure. And it and it and it's it's based on the clinical results we've seen it. It, it uh, stays. It stays down, and it doesn't have that side effect profile. And this has the ability to really change people's lives, millions of people around the world, as well as healthcare systems. You know, it would take a lot of cost out of the system. Uh, you know, and again, assuming uh, this this last uh, you know pivotal uh, you know leg of our trial that we're supposed to hear back this calendar year, um, if that comes back as expected, um, you know, this is going to have a huge impact on. On, on healthcare around the world, and uh, that that's really exciting. I had the uh, privilege of um, t- 
taking uh, responsibility of uh, the, the neuroscience division of, of Medtronic uh, five, you know, five years ago, uh, five, six years ago at this point, right when our stroke, our new stroke therapy was just coming out of clinical trials and becoming a new standard of care versus, again, a, a pharmacological product called TPA that breaks down ischemic strokes. It's just the effectiveness of it is, is quite frankly, limited, the TPA versus our our ischemic stroke technology, which, you know, Stentriever technology, which, you know, goes in and grabs that, that, that clot and pulls it out and restores blood flow with an instant impact. I mean, the impact I saw on patients was astounding. And then you talk to, I go around the world and, and talk to health ministers all around the world. All they want to talk about is this because not only does it help, you know, patients, but it helps the healthcare system avoid a, a lot of expense. I think real denervation will have that kind of impact and more uh, because so many hypertension is the number one uh, contributor to death around the, around the globe. So that one, you know, probably tops the list, you know, but there's lots of others, you know, like disrupting the surgical robotic space with our, with our new uh, surgical robot Hugo, which we, you know, plan to you know, start selling here in, in certain countries, at least not in the United States or Europe for, for a while longer until we get the approvals. But shortly, Robotics in general, you know, we have a spine robot, a, a soft tissue robot that will compete with, uh, you know, Da Vinci, uh, Intuitive Surgical's Da Vinci. We have a cranial robot. Robotic technology, one, will help improve outcomes, but two, if you think about it, it will really improve access around the world because in certain countries uh, where there's, take like Asia, where there's just so many physicians that, that haven't had the training that you see in Europe or the U.S. or someplace like that where they go and have a go four years of med school, then they go to, you know, they have a residency and a fellowship. But it's physically impossible to train enough physicians that way. And so to automate, you know, you know important parts of the surgery with a, with a robot really will democratize good health, good surgery around the world. So the, that's another one. So th- those are two, but I, I could I could keep going, Danny. There's a lot right now at Medtronic. I mean, there's new new therapies for deep brain stimulation for Parkinson's, and you know, with with sensing technology, we've got this this pill cam genius we call it that's just, that's going to disrupt uh, colonoscopies. I could go on and on. It's, it's an exciting time right now at Medtronic. Really exciting. No, I appreciate that. I mean, you've touched on a lot of stuff there. You know, cardiology, neurology, robotics, um, even combo products. So. Um, you know, I, I wanted to kind of uh, look at the broader picture. Uh, I know you can't disclose your business plans, but can you tell us about the areas of mergers and acquisition that you're looking at to maybe help bolster your per- portfolio of a lot of these technologies? Well, you know, we are, like, we talked to our investors uh, about this and the, and, and the analysts that follow Medtronic and our employees. We're really focused on what we call tuck-in acquisitions, which what that means is they tend to be not massive. I mean, they're smaller deals in their earlier stage, smaller from a, you know, from a, how much we have to pay perspective. Uh, the impact over time is huge if you do the right one. But they're, 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 they tend to be smaller, earlier stage companies that, that tuck into an existing business or right next to one, like in a, a near adjacency to augment areas that we're, we're already in. It could be like some kind of like, and we bought a company uh, about a, I don't know about a year ago called Stingenics that you know tucks right in and in, in, uh, to our, our spinal cord stimulation business. It's a new stim pattern, so that uh, with great clinical outcomes for for back and leg pain, and it just goes with our existing uh, spinal cord stimulation platform. It's just a new uh, algorithm that goes on it. It that that it could be something right down the middle like that, or we've spent a lot of money, and I could see us doing more of this. Um, on um, 
data-enabled therapy. So taking a, a therapy that we're in today and kind of disrupt it using data and AI. So, um, you know, we just did an acquisition a few months ago in Spine, in our Spine business, that uh, a company out of France called Metacrea that does use, uses, you know, takes images that you get in the normal care pathway of a spine patient, different, you know, you know, CT, X-ray, MR images, and it merges them and and applies, you know, data and AI to to do a a, a real a customized surgical plan for that patient, and also customize the implants. So the implants are custom built for those patients using data and AI. So so and we've got situations like that in in, in a number of our businesses where data and AI are, are disruption disrupting, and and to get us going, um, we've done a couple of these 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 you know earlier stage. Uh, acquisitions in that area to build up the capabilities around data science and to augment what we already had and accelerate it. Because I do think, you know, um, AI is probably one of the more profound, um, uh, you know, technologies uh, right now that can have a really, a, I think, a relatively short term, you know, and won't build up over time, but a, an impact on healthcare outcomes, you know, relatively quickly. I mean, there, there's a lot of talk about AI, but there's also some concern that there might be a little bit of a hype with AI? Are you at all concerned, uh, you know, about how you're picking and choosing what kind of AI technology to look at and what kind of mergers uh, and acquisitions um, that you might be looking at that use AI? Yeah, we're definitely rigorous about this. And we've been building up our own data science uh, capabilities over the years. We have a couple hundred data scientists now uh, in the company to help us evaluate just that, you know, because um, I, I know that every startup uh you know, proposal that I get from, um, you know, solicited or unsolicited, somehow they, they try to tell you how AI is a part of it. And so even internally, I, even some of my own people think, hey, if we put AI on it, <laughs> we'll get more funding or something like that or more prioritization from the company. So we have to have like a certain, we asked our R&D leadership to help us define, you know, okay, what, you know, what really, um, if we're going to call something like a data-enabled therapy, what level, what, what needs to be part of it? Like how much data should they be le- leveraging and how and, 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 and AI and machine learning, how does that work in, in that particular product? And so there's a minimum standard that you need to hit uh, for us to, to really consider you in that category of, of, of therapies. And, and we're, you know, you know, so we have a good, I think the type of experts to help us sort through that. Cause you're right. People are, I do think are misusing the word and maybe creating uh, a little hype that when it's not there, and so you'll you'll have some products that are advertised as you know powered by AI or machine learning and aren't. But we're we're holding ourselves to a standard here. Um, one thing about Medtronic that that uh, there's just a lot of things I like about it. You know, we're changing certain things, but there's certain a lot of things you don't want to change. And uh, we tend to be we you know when it comes to our products and and how we market them and how we describe them, we tend to be you know I, I think even conservative and, and don't over overstate those. And um, not just because there's regulations around that, but because we have a certain credibility we want to maintain with physicians and we don't want to, you know, uh, and patients and we don't want to sacrifice that. So you won't hear any kind of, for lack of a word, uh, and I want to use the word BS, but I'll use it, you know, <laughs> uh, from us on when it comes to a data and AI. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I want to kind of uh, go off the side a little, I, I got to be honest. I'm not a big sports guy. Uh, I don't know anything about sports, but my colleague Reed Miller is, and he told me that you used to be a pretty good hockey player back at uh, Penn State. Um, so does that kind of come across in your leadership style? I, I hope you're not like shoulder checking people during board meetings, but 
you know, do you feel like that's inspired you in some way? You know, I think sports, I mean, look, I, 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 I love the, the physical aspect of it, the, the rush you get uh, competing and, 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 and just staying healthy. But I, I think more than that, sports taught me teamwork and, um, and, and, and what that takes, what a good team looks like and how that functions. And I, I, I there's different other, there's other ways to pick up those skills, but sports is a good one. I mean, the hockey's a, a team sport and I, I'd like to think that I learned a lot about people uh, and teams and how to, how to, whether it be uh, on a team or what the responsibility is, what that means um, uh, or leading a team. And I think that I think that I hope that comes through because the the team is, is something that's really important to me and 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 what that means and you know to be a team player um, and and you know another analogy like you know you may not uh, you know sometimes you're the the, the the hero you're scoring the goal uh, and other times you're the unsung hero you're, you're the you're the player that had to go in the corner you know and dig out the puck and take that hit to pass it to the person that scored the goal and you got to take you know, a lot of pride in both of those activities. You know, sometimes you're playing offense, sometimes you're playing defense. So, you know, teams is what I think sports, you know, uh, but there's, yeah, there's definitely no shoulder checking at, uh, at Medtronic. And if I tried that, there are so many good hockey players in, in, in Medtronic and, and in MedTech. I mean, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, MedTech, a lot of it's Minneapolis based or, you know, plus there's a lot in, in the Boston area. There's a ton of good hockey players. So if I started trying to, to shoulder check people around the office, I might find myself flat on my back because I don't even think I'd make the Medtronic team if we had one. Interesting. Well, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to understand, you know, your short-term and long-term plans for the company. How, how are you going to get this company through this pandemic? And then long-term, w- you know, what do you want to do with the company? Well, you know, short-term, look, the pandemic, um, it's not over, like you said, but there's definitely light here. I mean, it's a bright light that, that we're seeing. I mean, we do believe... Um, the economy and, and, and is going to come back, you know, given the stimulus and just talking to hospital CEOs. Um, and we've been talking to them throughout the pandemic and they've been a good source of information and very accurate, right? As we sit here today, they're, they're gearing up for in the United States in particular for like, I'll call it a snapback of procedures and, um, uh, in the next couple of months and, and between patients that, that need care and, and the stimulus that's there. So I, I do think. You know, and then with the vaccines, uh, you know, kind of ramping up now, we do think that, you know, in the near term, it's going to get a whole lot better. And, and, um, and so, you know, what we're focused on in the short term is one, getting through that. But, you know, two, um, we've got, it's a great time. This is short term, I'll call it. This is a great time in our company's history. And that, look, the pandemic only strengthened our commit, you know, um, our reputation, I believe, with, with, with all of our stakeholders, first and foremost, our employees, but our customers, uh, you know, our, our patients, governments have seen this, you know, we've been tested, uh, and, and whether it be ventilators and other areas throughout the pandemic. And I think we came out of this not, not to survive COVID, but I think we actually somewhat, believe it or not, thrive, um, as a company. And, and we're coming out leaning forward. We're coming out with momentum. We've got, and, and you add that to this is the best product pipeline we've ever had. Products that are launching right now, products that just launched and are just early stages and, are, and have a lot of runway. Products we're launching now, and, and big disruptive products we have that are not not too far off, like the launching our robot and renal denervation and you know cryoablation first line indication 
for uh, you know atrial fibrillation. So, which brings me, I'll come back to that one because it's a it's a it's a it's a thread and a bigger theme that you know, moving uh, for for um, uh, patients that suffer from uh, AFib uh, kind of being the first choice for therapy versus you know the last resort. And I'll come back to that theme in a second. But we're launching all these products, um, and and we're really focused on being not just a mission-driven company, but also a competitive, more competitive company out there. So taking these products and first and foremost, making sure they deliver the outcomes for patients and our customers in the healthcare system, but also making sure that they deliver for shareholders and and uh, maximizing, you know, um, you know, our competitive positioning here to, to grow markets and take share. So all of that, we, we are expecting, you know, in the next, you know, couple months, you know, a couple years to see a, a, an improvement in our growth driven by, the product pipeline, or well, the market's coming back is a big one. The product pipeline is specific to Medtronic, and our competitive kind of, uh, you know, uh, some cultural and structural changes that we've made at Medtronic over the last year that are really going to take hold in the next several quarters and in years. And that, that will position us, I think, you know, higher growth, more market share in, in MedTech. Then longer term, uh, what I, I'd like to see MedTech with Medtronic leading the way move to the front of the line in many therapies. And what I mean by that, we live in a culture where the, most patients' first choice or, and, and many physicians' first approach is here, take this pill. You know, um, and, and MedTech was kind of way back in the, in the line because it involved surgery and whether it was an implant, the implants are, you know, maybe kind of big and the surgery was more invasive than anybody wanted. Well, over the last, you know, couple of years and, and going forward here, you're seeing massive miniaturization. Of, you know, the, the technology innovation is amazing. And now we've miniaturized devices like our pacemaker, our, our micro pacemakers, like 93% or 92% smaller than the next smallest pacemaker out there, which is ours. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's, it's 90, that's a huge order of magnitude smaller. And it's used, you use a catheter to implant it versus a, a, a surgery. Um, I mean, you know, we've got, you know, a, a, a device, the, the Tocam Genius I mentioned earlier, that's in, in trials yet. It's not out there in the marketplace yet, but we're not that far off where you swallow a pill. Uh, you know, the images from that pill, it images your, your colon and then images go into the cloud and, and you're diagnosed. Do you, do, you, do you need a traditional uh, colonoscopy or not? And so the access that that provides people to get good, you know, colonoscopy screening and, and, and diagnostics is, is amazing. So it, it, it's a first choice versus, a, in many cases, a surgical procedure or a, a pharmacological product because of all the advancements and moving med tech way up to the front of the line and, 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 and really dramatically improving the awareness that patients have and, and, and frontline physicians, internists, general practitioners, et cetera, nurses, their awareness of these therapies along with patient awareness and what they can do for patients. That, over the long term, will uh, really grow the market, um, and and I think it's going to be much better for patients. I mean, we're an engineered solution. Our, our, our therapies are very engineered for a specific problem, and the side effect profile is, is a lot different than something you take, like a pill that's got a systemic uh, impact on your body. So, yeah, that is a longer term, you know, I wouldn't call it a vision. It's, it's more of a commitment. That, that, you know, I think MedTech, you know, and I know Medtronic, you know, we, we're making. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of that also kind of depends on reimbursement issues, I'm guessing, in terms of getting that recognition for your product, that it works, it's maybe better than the alternative. 
you know, what is your, do you have a plan on that? And is there anything that you're doing yeah. to try to do that? Yeah. I mean, clearly that's, that's partly in our control here. I mean, the, 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 you know, the reimbursement authorities, I mean, they just need the data. I mean, they want what's best for, for healthcare systems and patients as well. We've got to show them the proof. And so, you know, or, you know, this is a strength, I think, of MedTech is the clinical side and, and, and clinical evidence generation. I think Medtronic, this is one of our core strengths, I would say. One of our top two or three things that, that we're good at is clinical evidence generation and then taking that evidence and um, using it to turn something like a, a leadless pacemaker that's inserted through a catheter from a, from a concept, a cool concept, to a standard of care, right? Because you convince uh, regulatory bodies around the country, around the world, that it's safe and effective with the evidence. You convince uh, reimbursement bodies, you know, that CMS in the United States or commercial payers or, or governments outside the United States, that this is a, an effective, financially approved decision to reimburse this. Uh, you know, and, and then you convince, you know, use that evidence to convince patients that it's also safe and effective and their best choice. And that, that is something that absolutely we have a plan. Um, and, and it's leveraging a core strength of ours. Um, and so we have more to work with now. So we have, we have real, we're strong with clinical evidence, but we have more to work with now because of the technology advancements. Mm-hmm. And there's also new clinical trial techniques, uh, like these Bayesian models that, that really kind of with less patients, you know, you, you can get to uh, still a very, you know, you know, a powered uh, a result with less patients. And so that helps as well is, is, is that. So I think this, this, this does, all this does favor companies like, you know, that are, that are, have scale and, uh, and that kind of invest in that kind of expertise like Medtronic. So I, that's why we are optimistic about where things are going for, for the, for MedTech and for Medtronic. So, you know, everything good comes to an end at some point, and at some point you're going to leave Medtronic, you know, um, leave the helm. When you leave, uh, what do you, have you set any goal markers for yourself to say, hey, I've gotten this done, I've been successful? Well, look, I'm I'm just new in, 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 in the CEO spot, and I, I kind of, you know, kind of see myself as having a pretty decent um, time frame here as long as we continue to perform, or, or it could be shorter. Um and in that, so the time frame is, is you know a little bit longer than, than maybe some because of my age and, and being new. Uh, so I have some pretty lofty goals. You know, we talked about earlier, um, you know, the idea of just repositioning medtech to be more in the front of the line. You know, like for patients, like their first choice, not their last choice. Where they're like, oh my god, that's spine surgery. That's the last thing I want to do. We want to disrupt these therapies with technology and clinical science to make them closer to the, the, the first choice and economically for healthcare systems and for patients to invest. And that's a big goal. And I can break that down by therapy, but we're doing it by therapy, but that's a big one. The other one is I think, look, socially companies like, like ours need to show up differently beyond just what you do uh, as a, as a, a, a for-profit company in a specific industry. So for us, you know, we, you know, um, healthcare technology company driving outcomes and access for patients and, 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 and good returns for our shareholders. We need to weigh in. Companies are expected, especially after the events of the last year, to weigh in on and have an impact on other issues, social issues like inclusion, diversity, and, and equity, like climate. And I do think Medtronic can make a big difference there. And so being a leader in, you know, driving some of these things within our four walls and outside 
and we've got specific goals around those that, you know, short, medium, and long. But I think driving, you know, helping drive some of these social agenda forward as well as the healthcare agenda. These are these are things that, that over the next, you know, over my tenure, I'm really excited about. Well, we've covered and globally, doing that globally. Well, we've covered quite a bit today. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I wanted to leave this question with you. Is there anything that I haven't covered that you think is worth mentioning to our listeners? Well, I think look, we've covered a lot. You've given me, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of go around on, on Medtronic. I, I think that, um, I guess, and on an optimistic note, I think the, the worst is behind us on the pandemic and. We're seeing a bright light here. Um, we can get back to treating for patients uh, I, 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 with, with less restrictions here, even none. And, and you're entering a golden age of, I think, technology and clinical advancement for the med tech industry. Um, and, and Medtronic is leaning into this with a healthy balance sheet and a lot of excited employees. So that's how I'd leave it. And, and you know, we're, we're very excited about the future, both short and long term. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, let's keep this conversation going and we'll check back with you at some point in the future so you can give us an update. In the meantime, I hope you stay safe and healthy. You too, Danny. Thanks a lot.